Everything's good, uh, all things considered. And um, well, this week, Chitahari arrived uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. Um, and so we've got a lot for him to do here. That's He's excited about that, so are we. And Avai Krishna will be returning, visiting his parents in a couple of days. So we'll have a full staff here. And uh, it's good because there's always a lot to do. Um, interesting development um, related to the ashram uh, came up. And I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but some time ago, um, we tried to work with a, a dairyman up north of us to um, produce a hymns of milk and ultra pasteurization where we could ship it all over the country to serve the whole uh, community of devotees, mm-hmm. should they so desire. And we went through the numbers with him and whatnot and, and all. And it, it didn't work out that we could proceed with it. But um, uh, the day before yesterday, a, an acquaintance of his, a younger man, uh, called me and he is raised in a dairy family up in Oregon and he relocating in California, south of Silicon Valley in between really Silicon Valley and Los Angeles. And so the dairyman whom we had been talking with had spoken to him about our ideas and so forth. And so he contacted me and um, and he wants to set up a, a hymns of dairy in uh, in that area on 120 acres. And so I'm going to I'm going to try to connect to all the, the temples in in uh, California, Iskon temples, really, uh, to to that uh, facility. It's going to open in September. We'll see if it, if it works out. Um, it's going to work out for him. He's going to do it, but. Uh, whether I can get the temples to sign on and so forth and purchase milk from him, um, he'll deliver it. We'll see, but I'm optimistic about that. So that's interesting. It's something I'm always interested in and see if we can um, help to provide that kind of service. So that was an interesting development. Otherwise, things are busy here and um, I'm busy writing, going through Vrindaranya's editorial suggestions on my book on the one hand and preparing chapters further along on the book um, for Sanskrit editing before they go to her. So um, it's all in process and that's good. But um, with that, why don't we go ahead and take, take this one of those questions this morning? Yeah, sure. Okay. So now there's five. Um, yeah, so Kishore, do you want to ask your question? Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Good morning. Jai. 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 Um, I was reading the Shikshastakam, um, your Shikshastakam, and in the verse on um, Nadanam Nagyanam. Um, towards the end, 
You write. Then I'm not Jonam. Jonam. Um, towards the end of the verse, you write how in the stage of Ruchi, there's a sense um, it's your drawing from Jiva Goswami that um, there's a sense that one feels Krishna is accepting one's internal service. And in connection to this, I'm wondering if that, because that was kind of in relation to Smarnam, I'm wondering how that same principle would apply to other angas of bhakti, um, like japa or kirtan, um, physical service. And if that same sense of Krishna accepting one's service would apply correspondingly or arise correspondingly, um, or if one sense of acceptance may come in one before another. Um, and then kind of the second part of the question would be how much could that sense of acceptance be distinguished from uh, taste? I think um, it's probably in, in reference to um, how the verse that you're referring to is also uh, referred to in the first verse, in the first verse of Shikshastakam. Um, the other seven verses are referred to hmm, successively by different terms. So Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vatara. Um, there was, it's poetically described like, uh, like, like moonbeams, you know, uh, soothing, cooling. Um, the fire of samsara has more or less been uh, extinguished. There may be some smoke, but the fire's out. And the soothing, uh, palpable, uh, reciprocation from the other side, from the Paravyam, um, is prominent in the devotee's practicing life um, and of course prior to that stage for the most part one's practices have been external practices and that is because without sufficient cleansing of the heart, it's it's difficult to do internal practice. Smarnam, for example, um, requires some purity of heart. Kirtan, in contrast, uh, does not. Uh, so, uh, the uh, inner sense and uh, feeling of reciprocation uh, I, I don't think we uh, really are distinguishing that from the taste itself that the stage is um, named ruchi it means taste um, and 
the taste and the reciprocation that we're speaking of is, is not just relative to smarnum. I mean, after all, Kirtan fosters smarnum. So the taste is in, <clears throat> in the different practice. Of course, a different, there's a couple different stages in Ruchi <clears throat> where the taste is uh, stronger or, uh, or, 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 or weaker. In the weaker sense, it's dependent upon other things in order for it to be tasteful. Kirtan, for example, might be dependent upon being somewhat at least mu musically on, on key, let's say. Um, whereas in the, in the latter stages of Aruchi, that's not an issue. Um, even, if, even if it's chanted out of key, uh, the sadhaka can derive tastes. So it's not just a relative to smarnam. These in in rag bhakti in our school, of course, the external practices uh, lead to a very specific and precise internal life, a taste for which is beginning at this this stage so i don't think you one number one just want to distinguish the reciprocation i'm talking about from the taste itself and number two um, um that reciprocation and that taste to be present in, in all the angas of bhakti that one uh, is accepting at that time um, and some may favor one anga over 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 another um, and again, um, in that stage, one is more qualified for smartness. Smartness can be done prior to that as well, but it, but the full sense of it will will not um, be something that one can uh, practice. And what I mean by that is that you can't really practice samadhi, for example. So some of the higher stages, you. you, you it can't, they're not something to practice. They're more as a result of practice that, that then becomes a natural affair and constitutes a practice in and of itself going forward. But this is for the higher stages of bhakti and the beginning of that. We can connect with uh, the stage of Ruchi. So I hope that answers your question. What else? Thank you, Gurmach. Yes, you're welcome. Um, Padmanabhaswami has a question from some of the Spanish-speaking devotees. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if everybody could hear the... I guess everybody could hear the question, huh? Or no, do I need to repeat it? No. The question is about uh, female figures in the uh, in the sacred texts who sometimes appear to be abandoned by divinities. Sita Devi is given as an example, or the gopis of Vrindavan, um, and how uh, in a feminist uh, environment or from a feminist perspective. Uh, we can explain that to those who 
uh, steeped in that perspective, take exception to such and look at it as uh, a, um, you know, kind of a mistreatment of, of, of women, something to that effect is the, is the, is, is the question. Well, I think, you know, the, these are, of course, we're talking about Leela here, in case of the Gopis, um, Sita and so forth. And um, that's a concept that, that needs to be explained uh, very, very clearly. And in order to explain the concept of Leela, one has to clearly explain the concept of the Atma and um, its conditioned nature, which causes it to identify as man or woman and so forth. So you have to kind of go back to the basics, uh, the tattva that underlies the Leela to uh, understand it properly. Um, these are uh, the stories of the Bhagavatam, of the Mahabharata, the Ramayana. There's a number of levels on which they can be understood and they can be looked at in a very superficial way for, in terms of advice for human society, how to function in the, in the world and so on and so forth. And when you look at it um, like that, it's somewhat relative to the cultural times in which uh, the story is told, the book is written and so forth. And so from that vantage point, you know, it, there may be some questionable issues that arise um, in terms of uh, modern culture, societal norms, and so forth and so on, that um, have formed around really a different people, uh, uh, you know, environmentally speaking, we're, we're influenced by our um, environment and we're very have very different uh, sensibilities in, in an industrial age for example as opposed to an agrarian um, society and just to give one example and so forth so um, while moral principles are apply and there is a real right and a real wrong what exactly is the right and wrong in any given circumstance um, is subject to um, um, taking into consideration the time, the circumstances, and so forth. So there are moral principles, and then there are more moral details or laws that could change, um, or ethical sensibilities, and so on and so forth. So, so even on the superficial level, the texts have to be. You have to enter into the culture of the time and look at it in light of that and so on and so forth. Um, but then if you look at it at a deeper level, the deepest level in terms of rasa, then uh, uh, you know, there's much more explanation that has to be um, given in order for persons uh, to understand properly and not make the error of faulting Ram, faulting Krishna. Um, but that said, uh, uh, 
let's see the example of Sita aside for the moment. Yes, the gopis are pining and and uh, for Krishna to return, but so are the gopas. And so are the elderly gopis and the uh, elderly gopas, all the people of Pradhaban. It's not just the gopis. Um, and um, and uh, it's said by Shelley, an English poet, that I'm going to just paraphrase him. It's, uh, uh, sweetest tales uh, are those that tell of saddest times. Mm-hmm. So there's a sweetness in the uh, in the sadness, if you will, in the separation. And of course, love and separation is a very deep subject from a, from a rasic point of view. And you know, without lots of background and whatnot, um, or at least letting your such an audience feminine, with the feminist perspective know that there's 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 a lot of depth to it that you have to kind of take them through um then um they, you know they they may misjudge such texts and dismiss them altogether and so on and so forth that that, that problems there so it's an art on the part of the one who's doing doing the teaching to on the one hand bring people into the times and the culture and look at the moral and ethical sensibilities and the social norms of the time and why they made sense at the time, but might not necessarily make sense if we were just to employ them now. I mean, you know, there was a monarchy here, we have a democracy. I mean, you know, these things are world worlds apart culturally and so forth. Um, and it's there's a there's a philosophical um, term uh, presentism, which is the fault of uh, uh, judging acts performed in times gone by in different cultures entirely by present standards in a different time and 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 culture so you might you know invoke that uh, philosophical term and and bring it up and the, and the idea then is we have to enter into the culture of the time and see how it made sense for the people and so forth and you know for that matter there's there's there, there, there's no one who's more glorious from the Bhagavatam's perspective than the gopis themselves. I mean, the whole book is about the, the glory of the gopis' um, love. And for that matter, uh, in Dwarka, the queen's love is uh, underscored. And certainly Sita's love for Ram, in Ramlila um, as well. Um, and and then the whole, I think there should be an emphasis on the virtues of sacrificing. So those who are given the opportunity to sacrifice, like Sita is sacrificing, the gopis are sacrificing, um, they hold the highest position. The givers hold the highest position. So what's being, uh, it, it may seem un, unpalatable um, that, uh, Sita was, for example, uh, was, was, was 
that Ram left Sita, but she was then a vessel of sacrifice that um, his uh, moral character and position of uh, leadership would be unquestioned, even though the questions weren't about it weren't weren't warranted. The questions that brought about his um, separating from from Sita, still for Dharma's sake. In other words, he was a leader, and and in a in a superficial sense, uh, or from an ethical point of view, moral point of view, um, his character was uh, exemplary, and it was. It, and that was a standard of leadership, exemplary moral character. And if his moral character was brought into question, then so much uh, would be at stake. Hmm? And so in order that it not be in question hmm, at all, then uh, Sita took the, the burden of that in a sense. That's her, her glory. That's the great... That, that's the greatness of, of Sita. Mm-hmm. Um, that's even just from a, from a Dharmic uh, a, a point of view. Nowadays, in, to, in today's culture, political leadership is, is characterized by questionable moral standards. Uh, that's become uh, the norm and see how uh, debilitating that is for, for the society and so forth. So in a society where that's held high and and even when the question of the leader's morality is, and this is an extreme, the extreme is cases being made here that Ram was, was perfectly upright and dharmic in all respects, but a question, it was like a, a rumor was spread that wasn't true or something like that. You could just dismiss it because it wasn't true but said, all right, let's just assume uh, if, if you think that it's true, then we'll resolve it in this way. And Sita was was the, the person who took the burden of that sacrifice. And again, those in a, in a, in a worldview where, um, where the, the aim of life, the goal of life is in some is more then this world and that more is approached through sacrifice, through giving, then those who heroes and, and those who are the heroes and the heroines are the ones that are doing uh, the giving, taking the sacrifice. Radharani is the sacrificing uh, you know side of the divine equation of Radha and Krishna that is our worshipable deity. We worship Radha and Krishna. Krishna is the enjoying side, Radha is the sacrificing side. The word swaha in sacrifice, uh, we employ it in the Gopal Mantra. It is fully, that concept is fully embodied in, in Srimati uh, Radharani. So, that understood uh, what the texts are, are doing is giving them the highest 
her, for example, highest position, the gopis, the highest position, the position to be followed, the sacrificing um, uh, side of of life. So those are some thoughts on how you could try to bring them into the what's really being said in the book. They're you know they're they're not they're meant to be read with with good guidance. Otherwise, easy to misunderstand as a story that's outdated and and is is uh, by contemporary standards. Let's say, for example, in this instance, just sexist. Throw it out. No. What else? Um, Ananta Govinda has a follow-up question. Do you do you want to read that, or should I read it? Um, you want to read it? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so they say, um, for me, the one thing that never connected well in the narrative of the pastime of a wait, did I read that right? For me, the one thing that never connected well in the narrative of the past time of abandonment. We hear how everyone in the kingdom had so much love and affection for the divine couple. How does it balance out in Ram's reasoning? Um, one person downing, doubting versus the majority that had no doubts. Why make a decision in favor of, a, of few and non-devotees? I think I've answered that in the answer already. Um, um, but um, let me look. Um, I just wanted to ask, I was just thinking. I question. I can't hear you. I'm not to go into it. You're speaking, but I can't hear you. If you wanted to further explain. I did unmute myself, so I'm not All right, sure. Do you have English and mute original audio? Maybe try that. English. Mm-hmm. Mute original audio. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I always wanted, it was a big question of this particular pastime for many years that I was trying to resolve in my head. You know, I'm glad this topic came up. So I was just curious, you know, it seems like there was only a few people that were doubting, you know, this whole situation. And the majority worried how they had so much love and affection for Lord Ram and, you know, and Sita. So it seems like in the name of Dharma, Lord Ram has to abandon the, or like disregard. Yeah, but that's, mm-hmm. right. but that's Leela. What's one aspect of the Leela of Ram that it's, 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 it's so dharmic to the extreme that, you know, this, this person can't be, can't be an ordinary human being. Nobody could be so dharmic. Hmm? So the, uh, uh, um, the measure, just like the measure of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sannyas, makes it clear, like for the, to other sannyasis who are older and senior, who's being older, their senses were easier to bring under control, arguably because they didn't function as well. He was a 25 year old lad, and his measure of renunciation would fright, frighten them. So the opulence. One of which is 
knowledge, the dream of of Ram, if a proper understanding of, of, of seeing that having, in the text is that, well, he, he's obviously uh, divine. And this is an aspect of his leela. This is just a prakat leela, you know, one leela he manifests in this world. And uh, in the context of that, among other things, he's establishing the importance of, 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 of Dharma, which is, you know, characteristically what, what the avatar is supposed to do. Krishna did to some extent also um, outside of Braj. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Mahaprabhu, uh, going back to Gorlila, told Vishnu Priya, in, uh, in this Leela, we are meant to cry for the Jeevas. That's what we're supposed to do in this Leela. So for that purpose, I'm leaving you. I'm taking sannyas. So again, she's sacrificing and he's sacrificing also for the jivas. Now, what about your question? What about all the Nitya citizens in Abhadweep or in Ayodhya and their love for Raman? Why for the sake of, a, of Dharma or for the sake of ordinary people should all these eternal associates have to suffer from a Leela point of view and separation, right? From the divine couple. Isn't that higher than, yeah. but that's the Leela. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the nature then of the of the of the eternal associates of the Sarup Shakti. They're gracious. They're, they, and without that, we wouldn't be involved at all. Mm-hmm. So during the Prakat Leela, that's an aspect of any Prakat Leela that, that that there's some going to be some distribution, some attention is going to be given to 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 sadhakas and through sadhakas new people will will join and so on and so forth so but can it also give like a long message about and 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 before you ask that and further of course separation as i said it's very that's a very high affair so that should be understood properly it's 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 extraordinarily um, ecstatic aspect of uh divine love. So we look at it as undesirable, but the measure of intensity that it brings about in love um, is such that, for example, Sanatana Goswami in Bhagavatamrita extols separation over union. He disagrees with the idea, which is the more common idea among Samacharyas, that the purpose of separation is to foster union. He appears to think that that separation in itself exceeds the the virtue and the the ecstasy and the and, and the union that can be found overtly in union. So again, I, I just mentioned that. I didn't go into it in detail in my previous answer, but that's a big and that's a very esoteric topic. Hmm? Um, so it looks bad. For the residents of Ayodhya who like Ra- Sita and Ram together, right? Mm-hmm. And for the sake of some guy who doesn't even know what he's talking about, criticizing Ram, we're going to separate the two. Separation sounds bad, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. So it's a, and it's the only, it's the only separation, you know, well, outside of the kidnapping. The kidnapping is there. I guess that's a big aspect of separation as, as well that, that uh, occurs in the union, but it's not one that the 
inhabitants of Ayodhya, all the devotees of Sita and Ram can participate in, really. They're in the kingdom, he's in the forest. So. I guess I, I just uh, never felt that in the story of Sita and Ram, there was not enough of this dharmic justification. You know, like a Lord Chaitanya's Leela, okay, he takes sannyas, that's dharmic, that's, that's understood. And Krishna Leela, you know, he needs to go to Mathura and fight the demon because the request of the king was there. But in Sita and Ram, it seems like it's a little bit of a whimsical decision of Ram. He wasn't really was under such a big, like, uh, social pressure to do such a thing. So that's why I always felt that, I don't know, like, uh, I couldn't understand the motivation fully there. But thanks for explaining. Yeah. Well, he, he, yeah, I mean, he felt under social pressure as a leader that a leader should be impeccable and beyond any doubt, any question. If there's any doubt or any question, even if it's unwarranted, we'll go to extremes to make sure that it that it that it that it doesn't get uh, any credence. It doesn't doesn't get any, and it's not nourished and so forth. Look at the way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dealt with sannyas in the chastisement of Chotaharidas. We find us, that's that warranted. Hmm? Yeah. We don't feel that it is, right? Jotaridas offense was was hardly such, but Mahaprabhu treated it that way. Of course, there's another side to it. Hmm? And Jotaridas uh, has attained a very desirable position. So, Thank all right, you. what else? Yeah. So, Mahara wrote her question out in the chat um so i will read it um okay. so she says i was listening to a talk on the Raj pastimes sridam was mentioned as not returning to the apricot pastimes with krishna and instead slept a few thousand years in a cave when lord nityananda came to perform his pastimes he called sridam uh to wake up he he missed him very much. Sridam became Ram Das Abiram Takur. Uh, Do you know anything about this? Yeah, the, you know, each of the different uh, um, associates of Krishna, like the daughters of Paul's, uh, you know, they have persons in their lineages that have written stories about them um, in order to emphasize their position and so forth and, and and those are stories attached to um Sridham um and I mean they can be read and something can be drawn from them but um that um I, I have read that um forget the name of the text um but I'm not sure what the, what the, what the question is. I mean, I don't have anything more more to say about it than what's there in the text. And and uh, as I have said, who those who have penned such texts are going to take some poetic uh, license. And in all those types of hagiographical accounts are political, you know, in the sense that there's a there's a certain something that they want to emphasize so they tell a story in such a way as to emphasize a certain point and perhaps you know above and beyond anything else the 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 extraordinary glory of that person that they're writing about whether it be at weight in, 
and it, it, those type of texts about weight or about Nityananda or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, Sridham, um, and other other gopas. I mean, the story is is um, you know they, they, it's kind of like giving kind of like a Puranic context or something like that, um, but. Um, I don't think that it's uh, it, it's it's interesting if you can draw some inspiration from it. Good, otherwise, um, there are probably more important texts. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a way of saying that Sridham and Sridham is important, and Abhiram Thakur is important, and and. Um, tells a story in order to make 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 that make that point and and it's kind of like based on a true story there's some veracity to it but it's extended in in ways that uh, sometimes make you scratch your head okay what else sorry um Pavanavaswamy has another question from the spanish speaking side Okay. So the question is about uh, Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Devi and the fact that before the birth of Vishvarup and Vishvabhar, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's older brother and himself, several of their children were uh, miscarriages or or died at birth, something to that effect, which was more common in those days. Um, and whether or not Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Devi are to be connected in Krishna Leela with Vasudeva and Devaki, who, whose children were also killed by Kamsa uh, prior to the birth of of Balaram and Krishna, um, or to Nanda and Yasoda. And if, I guess the implication of the question is if to Nanda and Yasoda, what's the connection with the, with the children that died because Nanda and Yasoda didn't have that uh, experience? Well, the answer to the question is, uh, first of all, that I've never seen any Acharya comment on, on that and make the connection if you will, between Vasudev and Devaki and the uh, the um, children of Devaki that were slain by Kams. So, um, as to whether they are Vasudev and Devaki or Nanda and Yasoda, I believe that uh, different um, Saints and writers have identified them at different times with with both, but more so, I would say that the identification is with uh, Nanda and um, and Yasoda. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this: it's a little off the topic that you're asking about, but. 
um, somewhat related. And that is that, of course, uh, Jagannath Mishra passed away prior to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taking sannyas. And in Krishna Leela, Nanda Maharaj is the one who gave permission to Krishna to go to Mathura. And as such, he had to try to pacify his wife, Yashoda, Krishna's mother, and others to whatever extent he could. And off they went with Akura. And he promised to bring them back, Krishna and Balaram, you know, just very shortly. They were just going for an event and would return the day after or so. Of course, that didn't happen. Kamsa was slain. Krishna felt that he had to stay on in Mathura to deal with Jarasandha and so forth. And he sent letters back. And, um, and Nanda Maharaj had to bear the news. Um, and so forth. And um, in Krishna Leela, or in Gaur Leela, as I say, looking at Jagannath Mishra as Nanda Maharaj, he left the world early. And I look at it in this way, that he couldn't, he couldn't bear to um, participate in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was Krishna himself in, in Nadia, in his sannyas, which is corresponds with Krishna leaving Vrindavan and going to Mathura. Krishna leaves Vrindavan and goes to Mathura. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu leaves Navadvip and goes to Kasi and takes, takes sannyas and then he goes to Puri, right? So uh, he left <laughs> uh, Sachi, Yashoda, with the burden who had to deal with it, uh, right? After Mahaprabhu took sannyas, he was brought to Dvaita's house and the whole decision of what, how to proceed, given the feelings of the residents of Navadweep and Mahaprabhu himself, the love for, for they had for one another and how he in madness had taken sannyas and there was dharma and etiquette attached to that. And so she had to make the decision what, what to do and decide that he'd go to Puri and so forth. So Jagannath's measure dropped out. He could Nanda Marsh couldn't do it again, so to speak. He put it in Soda's hands. So I, I look at it in that way. But as regard to the death of the children, um, prior to Vishwambar and and and, and Vishvarup, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his older brother, I've never seen anyone make that um, that connection. Um, so I would hesitate to do so myself as well. What else? Um, Indra? Yeah, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna to devotees. Um, I just wanted to say it's really nice to be in this call. And um, so recently I listened to one of your lectures and uh, you're saying something um, like what m makes people special is, uh, I mean, uh, not only the ability to reason but the ability to love and so the question kind of comes up like do um animals love and um like does the mother cow love the baby calf um and then maybe you can also talk about this uh, maybe more about like you know like they're like you know special animals in like bauma vrindavan and do they love krishna um kind of 
I'm just wondering about this kind mm -hmm. of topic. And I'm sorry if you've already answered it somewhere else, but maybe you can say something. Thank you. Yes. Uh, first of all, um, it's um, apparent nowadays from a modern and scientific uh, perspective that um, animals uh, have feelings and emotions, which is kind of like a revelation, if you will. And um, it's relevant to how, where they stand on the food chain or in terms of complexity. So humans are the most complex species um, on earth. And there are some less complex species that nonetheless have some form of self-awareness hmm? um, and in feeling, emotion, and, and, and so forth. Um, and the further down you go on the ladder of complexity, well, the less that's going to manifest, but they're, 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 they're finding that, which is uh, something that um, is accepted in the, in the sacred texts of the Hindus for, you know, since forever. So first part of your question is, is yes, to some extent, but the, given the complexity of the humans, then the prospect for loving and expressing love is greater in, for that vessel, for that particular form of life. Then we go from here to the second part of your question with regard to rasa and the brajalila and so forth. So let's take the cows, for example, or the monkeys, but right in Vrindavan, your question is, do they love Krishna, right? So yes, the cows and all the species, they all love Krishna. And they're all um, expressions of, partial expressions of one of the primary rasas. When I say partial, what I mean by that is that vatsalya rasa, for example, parental love. Well, the cows are thought to be in, in parental love. They give their milk to Krishna. We even find in the Brahma-vimohana lila that um, when Krishna took the form of the cow calves, the cows are more inclined to give their milk to Krishna than they were to the calf, their own calves, right? So everyone loves Krishna. Everyone loves one, an one another, and their love for one another fosters their love for Krishna. But that said, with regard to Patsalarasa, for example, and we're talking about in relation to the cows, the human form there in the Leela gives fuller vent to or opportunity to express Patsalarasa and to experience Patsalarasa. And And, and all these ideas of rasa or all these um, uh, yeah, ideals of rasa, possible attainments, sakya rasa, madhuri rasa, patsalya rasa, coming to us from that side through sadhu sangha, through sampradayas and so forth, is all addressed to human beings who are sadhakas with the goal that they can attain a human-like status and fully express um, uh, these types of love in relation to Krishna. Mm -hmm. But 
that so that means that that the sadhakas in this world are not becoming cows hmm? if they want if they're 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 pursuing what salirasa hmm? they're not becoming trees they're not becoming monkeys but those are all features nonetheless of the lila can you all hear me yes you can hear me still um and uh, they're manifest by the Swarup Shakti. So part of the whole um, environment, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yes, they all love Krishna. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yeah, thank you. And I was um, yeah, just wondering about like Bauma Vrindavan, like, I mean, Vrindavan is Vrindavan, but still like, uh, you know, it's sad that, you know, these like animal, like the, these souls in these animal bodies, they're very special. So, you know, I saw this one picture like on Facebook of this monkey um, worshiping like a deity or something or like a shrine. I don't know. But yeah, I was kind of thinking about this that, yeah, you know, they're well, locked in, in a human body. Sorry. Yeah. And do yeah. they love Krishna? Yeah. yeah. They're all different and they're all, you know, they're, the reason they're there is relative to their their past and so forth. And some of them you'll see overt expressions of that, but we like to think of it like that. And at the same time, uh, there's a surface uh, to the Boma. Well, there's two things. Boma Leela is one thing. Krishna comes and he performs this Leela. The other thing is that Vrindavan is there now. Hmm? Krishna's not performing his Leela there now. There are people there, there are animals there, there are plants there and so forth. What's their status? Well, we, we tend to look generously, but at the same time, um, we're taught that the Dom is not a physical location. It's, it's not um, something that can be measured. We say it's this many miles and so forth, uh, uh, wide and round and, and, and so on and so forth. But, but the, the, those are not... Uh, that, that's only in the context of, of rasa, in the context of, of the lila. Hmm? So for the sake of the lila, it's this many miles or this many feet or whatever from one place to the next, but it's all in, in, within the immeasurable. Hmm? And therefore, it's a dom aparad to think of the dom as a geographical place, limited by geographical um, uh, barriers and so forth. So the point being that even the Dom manifest on earth is really a subjective place. So to enter into the Dom on earth hmm, requires a certain consciousness. Therefore, you can go to the Dom and not be in the Dom. Also, there's said to be a, like, a, like a surface covering of the Dom that people um, enter into and appear to be in the Dom and conduct themselves in ways that, that seem inappropriate for someone in the Dom. And they, they maybe don't appear to be of good character, what to speak of having love for Krishna, but they're not really in the Dom. They're only on the surface where Maya has made a slight covering over the Dom. So it's a consciousness, it's a subjective reality. So in that reality, yes, every all the animals love Krishna. Now the ones on the surface, some of them may do. <laughs> And they try to make break through the surface and, and, and enter into 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 it, and they may have to wait another life, but it comes out and shows itself. 
that help? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Harry Potter. Okay. All right. We have a couple more minutes. Is there anything else? Did we answer all the questions, Aradna, or are there more? Yeah, no, you've answered all the questions. Can I ask a follow-up question? Yes. Okay. Um, so you were saying that all the trees and animals, they're manifest by the soup Shakti. And I just had a question. I was just re recently reading in the Vraj Vilasthava how a lot of the, the, the trees and the creepers were sages that had taken birth in the, the Dom. So can you comment on that? It said uh, by Vishwanath Chakravartitakur in his commentary on Ujbal Nilamani that um, there are those that follow the inhabitants of Vrindavan hmm, with a view to attain the Bhav like theirs. And that is what we call um, Raghunuga Bhakti. And that's our uh, practice. But there are others who um, also uh, worship uh, participants in the Leela, but from the point of view of what's called a hungropasanam. Hungropasanam is kind of a self-worship where I identify myself with um, um, well, you've got to identify yourself with different figures in the Leela, but um, Anyway, he says that those who, who, through, who, in the context of a hunger person, venerate the inhabitants, take birth in dreaming and birth and live in the dom amongst those, uh, with those associates. So I would probably look at. Uh, um, that idea um, to, in terms of answering your questions. Um, uh, Kumaraj, you're, you're breaking up and we didn't hear your last, you're frozen now. We missed, I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, his screen's gone black for me. Yeah, yeah, it's completely frozen. So he loved, he loved. Yeah, I guess I'll re reconnect. Yeah. Hello? There you are. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Lost you there. Yeah, so we have... So, so there may be some sages... So there, yeah. so there may be some sages that merge with uh, eternal associates who are appearing as trees or birds and so forth. And they have some, ex some experience of that from, it's, it's a status in e e eternity. It, it's certainly not what uh, desirable on, on, on our part. Um, and then, uh, but it doesn't, doesn't mean to say that those aren't, the trees, the birds, the cows aren't manifestations of the Sarup Shakti. Only the Sarup Shakti is functioning there along with Krishna. Whoever there, whoever's there is under the influence of the Sarup Shakti in, in, in one form or another. 
So can a sage be born as a tree in Vrindavan? Yeah, yeah. But um, will that be one who's following Rag Bhakti? No. Is he worshipable? From the Brajabasi's point of view, everyone's worshipable. <laughs> Everyone and everything. So no problem there. All right. Well, uh, nice to talk with you all. I hope to be with you next week. Thank you for your questions and your, your, your time and your generosity. Hadi both.